Welcome everyone to the Serve Conscious podcast, and I am so excited to have a very special guest today speaking to us from Rome, Italy, Cass Thomas. How are you, Cass? Buongiorno, tutto bene. I'm very well. Thank you. Thank you for having me here, and uh, really excited, Stefan. Thank you. Me as well. I mean, we had such a wonderful animated uh, discussion before we began officially, and I'm looking forward to diving further into um, all of the jars we've opened. But uh, first, I just want to give you a chance to just introduce yourself to everyone, talk about your mission and kind of what uh, what threads uh, led you there in your life. Wow. Well, my mission at the moment, and let's see how that change, is uh, to be the beacon of light that will illuminate the light in other people and invite them to step into their lives in a different way, step up and acknowledge themselves so that they can be seen in the world and step out into the world and share their brilliance and their genius with the world. Yeah. And, and that's actually three easy steps. But when you first step in and connect with yourself, that when you step up, you don't have self-doubt, you know? And when you step out, then anything and everything that you receive can be a contribution to you and you to others. Yeah, yeah and um, who who do you uh, tend to work with? Like, who comes? Who says like Cass Thomas? I need I need her. She's my she's my lifeline. Is it individuals or is it uh, companies or both? Um, it's both. It's both. And um, you know, people who um, two different types. You know, people who have already engaged in life, whether it be in relationships. Um, and they'd like to have more ease with relationships, whether they're looking for relationships, whether they have done a career and they're wondering if there's something else that they'd like to do that actually resonates more with um, what they'd like to see in the world, what would bring them more joy, uh, right? And companies that are looking at um, really um, being more inclusive and integrating uh, people working with um, foreign countries working in, in with different languages. So with this communication, which you are an expert at uh, as well, um, how do you communicate with people who have in a different, a different approach to life? So um, that's what companies are interested in, knowing how to have teams have more ease. Um, and it's not that different than the individuals really, yeah. Right. So uh, it's kind of like they are they are kind of an organism with similar challenges and similar qualities. And you're just kind of working with uh, working with the same uh, challenges and maybe an individual, but just kind of on a larger collective scale. Absolutely. And, you know, Menino uh, Agripa um, <clears throat> here in Italy, it's, we've got it right down the street, this um, this statue. And he was saying to the public, to the people centuries ago, look, I am the head of here, but I cannot move forward if I don't have arms, if I don't have legs, if I don't have chest, if I don't have a heart. So we are actually all one working together to, um, to reach a common goal. And, and that is um, really when a company is functioning from there, Stefan, you know, because even if you are with the um, the waitress or the waiter in a restaurant or with the person cleaning the windows, the way that they interact with you and the, the ease that they're feeling, you know that the management 
is uh, on their side and has their back, you know? And so um, it's, uh, it's really an integral way of approaching life, yeah. And business and relationships and career and everything else, yeah. I love what you describe there because, you know, when I walk into um, a restaurant or maybe even when I call in like a uh, customer support, I, I like to just like take the temperature of what I think the culture might be, you know, just by like looking at people and how they're speaking and just kind of wondering what it's like. And, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll try to identify the manager and see how he's interacting with people and then just see how that like manifests at the table, you know, with the, with when I interface with the, the service professional. And it is just so like impactful, that culture on ultimately, you know, what we experience um, when we when just that company contacts the outside world. And um, I guess you've been saying the the connective tissue of this uh, seems to be uh, how we communicate. And uh, I want to talk more about your the particular way you help evolve people's uh, communication skills. Can I just share this? That was just what came up for, uh, for me when you were saying this. I was in uh, Boston, my hometown, and uh, we had a, a party at my sister's house, and there was a great guitar player there. And at a certain moment, it was a Christmas party, at a certain moment, he said, I have to go, I have to work in the morning. I said, oh, you're, you're not just doing music? Uh, music. He said, no, no, I'm, I've got a job. I said, what is your job? He said, I'm a janitor. I said, oh, really? How is that for you? He said, I love it. I love it. No one cleans the floors like I do. He said, and when I clean the windows, I clean them so well that when the executive committee meets in that room and they're doing a sales meeting, the light shines on them in a way that it really contributes to them closing the deal. And so, you know, what is the judgment we have about what we do that we're not willing to actually recognize the contribution that we can be to the business, to the relationship? You know, some people are working in jobs, some people are, are, are moms at home. I mean, what are you creating for our future if you are nurturing and, and um, supportive of kids, you know? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that just came to me because I, I loved um, that each and every choice that we make actually creates something. And, if we're, and even if we're choosing not to choose something, let's actively choose not to choose it, not just let it go by. And this is a way that uh, I'm inviting people to be present in their lives, right? And not absent themselves. Because when you are absent, other people are absent. And it's just a, I won't really say superficial conversation, but it's not something that can be a contribution to your life, you know? And so there's never any um, bad experiences or any way you can lose. You're either going to win or you're going to learn something. And if you're willing to learn something, it's going to be a contribution to your future um, as well. Yeah. And you know what you were saying there, and I just love hearing these stories about people that take pride in in the work they do regardless of i guess what its currency is in terms of like our measure of success whatever that means right and, and i think about the, the custodians at nasa like in the 60s I, I forget who it was that went up to them i might have been like the president visiting i think it was the president visiting and he said like what do you do here he said i'm helping put a man on the moon and acknowledging your your role in something greater and not really like feeling diminished by the fact that that role, you know, isn't as high on this 
totem pole we've constructed, you know, in society. And we were talking before about playing your role and kind of owning your role and not worrying about what your role is compared to someone else's. And uh, I feel like that's relevant here. Can we talk more about that? How can we start like owning our role rather than being like, I'm not high up enough on the ladder? Yeah, you know, it's so funny because there's so many different, um, there's so many different roles that are required to move a project forward, right? But who works best in that role depends on you if it's your project, you know? Because someone who's doing uh, sales and marketing, for example, if they're really pushy and you don't, you're not really comfortable with pushy people, you know what I mean? If they're telling you what to do, you know, instead of making suggestions and seeing which one works for you, that's not something that would work for me and probably not for you either. But for some people who are like, uh, I don't really know what I should do. They need somebody like that. So it's, um, there is a fit for you everywhere. And if you, it's not just about making the money, but it's about actually receiving the money as in an acknowledgement of your contribution. That's something different. It's a different sort of approach. So this, um, people who are so great at creating with great ideas and that just are so continually coming up with ideas. I'm one of those, a bit obsessive compulsive. Thankfully they didn't, <laughs> with ideas, right? Sometimes if it's like, okay, great, I love that idea. How are we gonna bring it, you know, how are we gonna put it in, into action? Oh, I don't know. That's not my, you know, that might not be their role, you know, how to execute it. You've got a great painter you know, who does amazing paintings. But if there's nobody that actually can help them find some place to display those paintings, how's the world gonna see that, you know? So someone that's actually great at organizing that is required. And then if there's not someone, once that painting is in a beautiful gallery, right? And I'm thinking of this gallery in Paris, which is awesome. If there's no one that invites people to come to that gallery, <laughs> What contribution is that to the painting, to the painter, and to the people who would be interested in seeing that? So that's sort of like a, a you know, creator, um, a connector, someone who connects with people, and a mover, someone who can actually execute that. So those roles are all a contribution, and we all have a bit of that in us. Come on, we all have a bit of that in us. But what one of those things? is so delightful for you that if you have other people supporting you and that are communicating with you in a way that works for you it actually allows you to step up in a way um, beyond your wildest imagination and you know when you maybe are working with people that aren't in the habit of asking themselves these questions and saying you know what what is it that actually does light me up you know what is it that is most meaningful to me, you know, where, where do I want to put my energy? Um, how, how do you begin and how can we as individuals begin to properly um, kind of, kind of know ourselves in this way? If we've just kind of been used to maybe playing a role or trying to play a role or trying to play a bunch that don't, don't really feel like, like they're a fit for us. Absolutely. Well, if somebody, if it's a project director, I mean, you're talking about um, and even relationships actually, um, and they have clarity about what it is they would like to uh, do, then the roles that are required are, are quite um, similar in a lot of projects. You know, like I said, you need somebody who's 
maybe good at finance and accounting. You need somebody who's actually good at um, creation in case, oops, that project failed. How do we get another one? You need somebody who's good at coming up with ideas. You need someone who's also able to engage with people, that it's fun. And these are the things that people do with such ease and it comes so automatic to them that they may not even recognize it as one of their talents and abilities. They may be, you know what I mean? But when you begin engaging with them, you actually see what they're doing. This, um, the uh, founder of Access Consciousness, Gary Douglas is an amazing guy. He hired this guy to do telephone calls, right? He hired this guy to do telephone calls. After two years, the guy made like two calls, but he began creating and expanding their business so that it went from three countries to over 170 <laughs> countries that, it, that it, it reached out into. So it may not be what you initially thought it was going to be that engagement. That was Dr. Dane here. It may not be initially what you thought that engagement would be, but it might show up as something um, very different. And even in relationships, I remember with my first husband, an American, uh, guy, beautiful African American guy, tall and you know intelligent and tennis player and you know a little po political but not too much. Spoke a little bit of like international but not too much. You know all those you know the checklist, right? I when I first met him, I was like trying to hook him up with my sister. I was like, hey, you know, he was a bit older than I was. I was like, hey, we you know come and come and meet up. But it didn't. It wasn't actually what she was looking for, you know, in a relationship. So. You may recognize someone's talents and abilities, but how they will fit in to your relationship, to your life, to your business, you know what I mean? Uh, that's something uh, to explore uh, when you're acknowledging what's important to you. What is it that I like to do? I can do a lot of stuff, but what is it that I like to do? And you can ask people that. What comes so easily to you that you forget about time, you may even forget to eat, you stay up late. And, and what is it that is laborious to you? You know, in, in Naples, they call work fatigue. <laughs> oh, what's the fatigue you're doing this year? <laughs> in Napoli. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what is it that doesn't bring you fatigue, but that actually inspires you? Yeah. Yeah, I love I love how um, you're bringing our attention to the fact that it might be so natural and so second nature that you might miss it. That you might you might just kind of dismiss it as just like oh that old thing, like you know, with, without really actually seeing the juice and the magic that it has. Absolutely. And, and I'm wondering actually how this kind of can reconcile with the importance of maybe like stretching ourselves or going outside of our comfort zone, and and maybe some of the stuff we do habitually isn't like I could. I could sit and play computer games until like until I literally starve to death if I don't keep myself in check. So that's one thing that can dissolve time that I have to be like vigilant about. It's not going to do much for my mission. It's not going to do much for the world. It just indulges my the need. Are you sure? Pardon Are me? you sure? Are you sure? Could no, you I'm... be could you be a consultant on uh, when um, and maybe not do anything else for that for a company? Who's looking for a computer game? Oh, sure. Different. Yeah. Right, right. See how you said that? Oh, sure, of course, right? I couldn't, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm good, I'm good with computers and, and I love playing, I play tennis, I play, but I couldn't do that. 
So that's something that's so natural for you. How can you use those talents and abilities to create more in your life and to be a contribution to others? So we could take like 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 habits we have or like like things things we have that don't seem like very like supportive to you know our own success, but maybe like channel them like into something that is more supportive. And also recognize um, some of those talents, like you said, um, that uh, every day we do. Like I, I talk to a lot of people, I have, you know, different programs and people always say to me, they like my voice. They like the energy of my voice. I sing all the time. I've worked with singers. I'm not a professional singer, but how much are people actually acknowledging us and I'm going to send you this in a note about being a consultant for computer games, by the way. Okay. I'm going to write you a little email about this once a week and see what you can discover that you can, you know, on the side, 10 minutes it takes you to say, oh, no, that doesn't work. You need to add this to the computer game. Otherwise, it'll finish too early. And people, you know what I mean? It'll come so naturally to you. Mm -hmm. So what are those natural uh, talents and abilities that we have? And really, like you're saying, if we're actually willing to connect with us, to step in and look at it for a moment. What is it that brings us pleasure? Pleasure, I love to say it like that. That's how they say it in South Africa, pleasure. What is it that brings us pleasure? That when we're functioning from that pleasure vibe, we're actually being a contribution to, you know, our kids, our animals, the trees outside our house, the people in the, the business that we work in or people that we walk by in the street. You know, and when you talk about, and I love this serve consciousness, what is the contribution that that can be to enlighten the consciousness and other people without you even saying a word? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, and actually, well, a lot of the stuff I've discovered, you know, is important to me and like kind of lights me up, does involve saying words and actually it involved doing things that I didn't think I was good at. Um, and, you know, podcasting was one of them because I never thought I could, I was like a good communicator, actually. I never thought I was good with people. And I never thought that just generally that that was a thing that I did. And it required uh, in, a, in a past episode, um, I talked about like, you know, actually having to be like kind of pushed into it. And it turned out to give me more, you know, nourishment and inspiration, but it wasn't kind of, it didn't seem like it was something that was there. And it, it, it kind of was something that I was kind of scared of and didn't, I, I can't think of an equivalent of something. Maybe, maybe it's like, oh, I, I was already doing this. I was having conversations with friends and I was like, I was like learning about things. Um, this was just kind of a different manifestation of it, but the actual podcasting itself, so it seemed like, oh, I don't have the chops for that, you know? Yeah. So, no, Maybe absolutely. That I yes, but you know, then this is something that I invite people. I, I love, you know, doing um, interviews, having guests on my programs so that people can, and from around the world also, so that people sometimes think, oh, I'm just American. Oh, I'm just, you know, Asian. Oh, I'm just, you know, uh, black, green, yellow. Oh, I'm just a woman. I'm just a guy. But actually there's, we are 360 degrees. And there's, this is like I was saying to you before, we have something in common, all of us, and that's a place we call home, which is this planet Earth, right? So what is the language that calls you, that speaks to you, that you may not actually speak, but when you hear it, it just tickles you to hear it, you know? It tickles me to hear Hungarian. Now, I speak French and Italian and Spanish and English, 
and but Hungarian, I just know like three words, but what, it makes me laugh when I hear it. You know what I mean? So what else in Hungary is really delightful for me? And and when you're willing, really, to that that step in, step up, step out, it's the three steps. When you're really, really willing to step in, then you actually are able to see people, places, hear music, things that actually ignite your magic. And when that shines, just like you said on your one of your broadcast posts, when that shines within you, Stefan, we illuminate that in other people and they're willing to let their magic shine in the world. And it's such a gift to consciousness. It is such a gratitude for being here in this world. And we communicate in so many different ways. Yeah. And actually, you have me thinking about the, the language that tickles me to hear, and it's Portuguese. Um, oh, my gosh. Do you know how to say gratitude in Portuguese? It's my favorite way to say gratitude. No, I don't, actually. Gratidão. 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 Isn't that amazing? Doesn't look at you and you're smiling. We're looking at one another. I know people might just be listening, but gratidão. Mm -hmm. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I love the, I just, I love the tonality of it. I love like the, 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 the just the funny things the voice does. And um, yeah, it's a delightful language, but there's, it, all, it actually does, it, it, it totally tickles me. Like that's the word, like gratidão. Like I just want to say, I don't want to say gratitude. I just want to say gratidão. Right, exactly, exactly. Me too, me too. And you know, I, um, when I was living in New York, um, I had already, you know, done my junior year in college in, in Paris because I wanted to learn French. And my dad was like, you, what are you learning French for? Spanish is going to be the second language in this country. And I was like, look, if it's a second language, I'll learn it easy. Let me learn French, right? And then I went, I saw this sign, learn Spanish in Spain. I went to Spain and learned Spanish. And I went back to New York and, you know, I, my uh, husband at the time, we, we wanted to learn Portuguese. And it was, I was so resistant to Portuguese because even though it is a Latin language, you know, it it's a little bit different. And, you know, what is it that we're resistant to, mm. right? That maybe we, if we're willing to look at it from a different perspective, it might be something that is calling us. Mm -hmm. And when I moved here, everyone was like, oh, you must be Brazilian. You know, you're brown, you're, you know. And I would just say, bojia, bojia, and run away before they expected me to know any other words. I always know how to say thank you and hello in so many different languages, right? And when I went to Brazil, I was like, wow, this too is home for me. Mm. This is home for me, yeah. So every place here is home for us. In every way, you know, you were talking about the different businesses and different roles in business. And if you don't feel out of place, like I felt with Portuguese, you know, if you don't feel out of place, what is that different perspective that you could give to people on an area that you are not a professional in? You know, people are doing a business and they are, you know, the accounting team and the, the, the P&L profit and loss team and the, the, the future projections in um, money team, 
They're trying to figure out how they can make money immediately. And somebody might be like, hey, why don't we just invite everybody to come in and bring any of any clothing they have and we could do a, a sale for, of, of you know used clothing and we could use that extra money to you know invest something in the business. If you didn't think, oh no, I can't say that, you know? You know, Colgate did that, you know, Colgate toothpaste. I heard, I read this, right? That this is what he did. He was the, the ashtray cleaner at a toothpaste place, you know, where they, the original toothpaste place and they were worried about not making enough money on toothpaste. And he was in the boardroom cleaning the ashtrays. And he said, look, if, you know, I, I know your toothpaste, if you made it a bigger hole in that, people, when they use the toothpaste, they would consume more and you'd make more money. He was the cleaner and he became Mr. Colgate of Colgate toothpaste. So what, what are those small roles that we think that we have that, and that we don't have an ability to communicate something in that if we're willing to see it from a different perspective and just give our input, you can't be wrong. People can receive it or not receive it, but you can't be wrong. And so looking at things from different perspectives is really a great way of accessing your communication capacities um, in a way that does not yet exist on the planet. You know, in the beginning, you were talking about uh, self-doubt, you know, and just kind of getting in our own way and kind of doubting our, I guess, what are we doubting actually? Like, can you, can you talk about like, you know, what is actually self-doubt and how can you kind of confront and diffuse it? Because I think, you know, a lot of self-doubt is just sort of accepted. Like, oh, of course. I'm like, of course I'm, of course I don't think that I'm po that's possible. Of course I think this about myself, you know? So um, yeah, uh, what's, what's key for like meeting and, and overcoming self-doubt? You know, <clears throat> when we're willing to connect with ourselves, you know, and can, a lot of times we're not really present with ourselves. We're daydreaming. Maybe we've been physically, emotionally, sexually abused. We have sort of jumped out of our body. We're not present. And we are here on this planet. We've got a mind, we got a body, we got a spirit, but we are also this sort of what I call a being, you know, the space <clears throat> between the cells and the molecules, you know? And so it's an energy, it's a vibe that we are. So when we're willing to, maybe it's through yoga, maybe it's through meditation, maybe it's through access consciousness, maybe it's through Tata healing, maybe it's through walking in the park. When we're actually willing to be connected with ourselves, and I, and I told you I have some easy tools, just looking at what you do in a different way, you know? and that nobody else does it in the way you do it. It might be even waking up <clears throat> in the morning. Do you get out of bed with your left foot or your right foot? It might be the way, <laughs> you're gonna check that out tomorrow morning, I know. But you know, it's just the way that you say hello, the way you say gratitude now is different than anybody else, right? So when we're willing to connect with ourselves and also listen to our bodies, you know, that give us so much information, you know, and there's nothing that we don't actually receive, you know, and when we're connected with our bodies, these are two ways in which we can, in a sneaky way, connect with ourselves. And it could be something as simple 
as putting your hand on your heart and feeling your heartbeat, you know, and repeating the beat, ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. This connecting with yourself allows you to actually increase your intuition, your gut feeling, your sixth sense, your knowing, different ways of saying that. But when you are connected with you, then you realize that there's, you can't do you wrong. You know, you can't get you wrong. You may not be perfectly someone else, you know, but you're perfectly you. And so you are doubting, you might doubt how you are showing up as someone else, but the way you're showing up as you, when you're connected with you, it eliminates that self-doubt. It gives you a sense of self-confidence, right? In engaging with others that even if they're judging you or um, criticizing you, if you were not visible, audible, being seen or heard, then they would have nothing to respond to. And so that self-doubt is usually people who are detached from themselves and trying to show up and duplicate someone else, right? Or mimic someone else, but is, are not honoring themselves. And this is one of the first and most important phases of communication, you know? And when you have done that and you've detached from who you thought you were, somebody with walls and barriers up, somebody who is always in reaction, somebody who is always doing something wrong, disconnect from those walls and barriers that you put up against you and that you have an automatic response to with other people and stop putting on masks and, oh, hello, yes, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. Beyond those masks, beyond those veils, right? That keep this sort of, not just social distance, but this sort of comfortable distance from people. Then when you reconnect with people, it's in a very different way. And you're willing to see the world from their perspective, right? And expand yourself so that you can engage with them in any area and not feel a lack of self-confidence. Yeah. And when you know your home here and you know that you're different, then you know everyone else is too. And that's a very different approach, Stefan, to communicating with people. I mean, even someone who's boring, let's face it, do you know how many cells and molecules you've got moving around in your body? Do you know how many things and, and animals and stuff are around the planet? Do you know how many news is going on in the world? How could someone succeed in being boring? That's a talent. That's magic. That's an ability. So when you're looking at them and talking with them, you're like curious, wow, how do they do that? How are they capable of that? And that's there, what I call unique brand of magic. And when you're willing to approach somebody in communication in that way, knowing that everyone sees the world from their own perspective, then people are willing to engage with you in a very different way. Yeah. Mm. Is that Oh, de definitely. Yeah. There's so much I want to talk about there. And when you mentioned boredom, um, it, it really did. Uh, it, that does light me up too, actually. And um, uh, the mindfulness 
practices applied to boredom are so fascinating. And there's a great saying, um, if you're feeling bored and you want to bring mindfulness to your boredom, it is now by definition no longer boring because you're fascinated in the whole ecosystem of that bored feeling. And, uh, and, I, and it seems like you can do that exact thing with a boring quote unquote person. But I want to go back a bit because something stood out when you're when you're talking about, you know, like disrupting self doubt and creating more like self worth and self love by the sounds of it, you're starting to collect these little like data points of all these like unique things that you do that you may not notice or may not think are like, maybe consequential or, or important. And in, in doing so, you kind of build this like mosaic of like, this is me and I'm special and unique and uh, no one can take that away. Um, and now, now you're talking about- well, They can't take that away from me. It's <laughs> the theme song. That's our theme song for this, uh, this practice. And um, the, uh, that, 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 I guess, habit we get into is that start to become more natural in sort of being able to meet others that we would normally find boring? Because I think that's a struggle for a lot of people in any role, like in any workplace, in any, in our personal life, especially in service, you communicate with all these people, you don't necessarily want to. What's the saying in our culture? They don't seem like someone I could grab a beer with, right? Meaning like if I were to sit down in front of them, conversation with them would be a labor or a fatigue, as they say in, uh, you know, uh, in, in Napoli, right? Um, but generally, like, you can kind of begin to maybe take in more of their uniqueness and be more fascinated by them um, by, by looking at these details. Can you get more into, like, that, that process or that art of kind Absolutely. of being interested in others? Absolutely. You know, the, the invitation, this, you know, with the stepping into your life, and connecting with you, there's something that ignites inside of you. There, and, and we call it intuition in this reality when something, mm, I don't know why, but this is pinging me. This is what's calling me. And, you know, for many years, I um, also was disconnecting with my body. You know, I've had very sumptuous body for since I was a kid you know, and it got a lot of attention. And it was a lot more attention than at 11, you may be willing to deal with. So as I got older, I began connecting with myself in a different way and appreciating my body, even putting on a few pounds and being willing to show my body. I had never recognized what an amazing body I had before. And when I started feeling comfortable in my own skin, in my body. There was something that was warming up my heart that was, you know, tickling my solar plexus, that was lighting up some, you know, sparkles in my head. And whenever someone is present with you and communicating with you, <clears throat> whenever someone is seeing you and your magic, whenever someone is actually connecting with themselves and their magic, that same sparkle lights up in you, you know? So when that is what we sometimes call intuition, it's a, one of my uh, clients that I do sessions with, he's an you know, executive in a bank, he's from France, but is an executive in a bank here in Italy. And he was going for a higher position and they did you know, a whole day of sessions with him and they said, you're amazing at something, at all of this um, process and structure, 
but you don't seem to be at all connected with your intuition. And that's when we started doing sessions. So, and what being connected with you and your intuition and following your wisdom, you know, it allows you to be um, flexible and adapt to change. And there's so much change, Stefan, going on now uh, in, in the world, all over the world. Like for one of the first times ever, the whole world experiencing change. Um, and so knowing what is the right move, the right decision, the right choice for you is based on what is going to create more, not only for you, perhaps for the world. And so having that connection with you and that intuition and utilizing your uniqueness in your approach is quite um, amazing. When I was a kid, my parents, you know, I was a great student. My parents said, I gave too much away. They would buy me stuff, I'd give it away to people. My, the, in elementary school, I got the best grades and they said, but she talks to everyone. She's talking to people all the time, right? And my parents said to me, you, my dad, you cry at the drop of a hat. Somebody's feel sad, somebody's not um, happy and you uh, cry at the drop of a hat. And so these are three things. She talks a lot, she talks with everyone, she's giving everything away and she's really sensitive. And when I went away, so these are things that I, you know, self-doubt, so, you know, what is that? When I went away to college, I left Boston, I went to New York and I came back. When I started coming back, I said to them, you know what? That's something I like best about me. I like that I'm sensitive. I like that I'm able to feel what's going on in people's worlds. I like talking with people. And I really like giving people things if, it, if I don't require them and they require them, I like giving it to them. And what do I do today? I travel around the world. I talk with people in different languages all around the world. I give them everything I've got, right? And I'm connected and sensitive to what's going on in their life. So what is maybe identified as a wrongness in you, a criticism, a judgment, you know, maybe your unique talent and ability. And with my, uh, you know, when I do these uh, business trainings, that's one of the things I ask people to look at. And we can invite anyone listening to this, just make a little list of what you've been accused of being too much of. And then on another page, what you've been accused of not being enough of or too little of. You know, you're not present enough. You're too spacious. You're too, you know, this, you're not enough that. Just make a list of those things you've been accused of. And then look at it from a different perspective. What is that talent and ability that actually is being criticized or judged or expressed as something that you're not enough of or you're too much of? but it is actually your unique random magic. Yeah, I mean, wow, that's, I mean, that's powerful because, you know, maybe maybe if you're like me and you're a nerd, you, the first thing you think about is like a superhero movie, like, and like whatever's a problem when you're a kid, you save the world with when you're older. And, you know, whether or not it's like, seems like it's something that you want or is helpful or people approve of, either way, it's an edge, 
you know, it's either way, it's like a leading edge. And if you were to own it, then it would, uh, I guess, begin to carve out that unique, that role and capability you have. So, um, absolutely. absolutely. And if you were to acknowledge that you're here for a reason now, you know, you could have been, you know, born another time and another day, you're here now. So what is it, where is it that that particular nerd quality can be a contribution, mm. you know? And what have you categorized and defined, not just you, in the whole nerd thing? I used to be, I used to hang out with the nerds in high school, you know, and with other people too, but the nerds, why? Because we all were into computers, you know, back in the day when they were huge and everything like that. But we were great at computers and engaging with that and created, you know, the, the book for the high school, in my high school, you know? And so, what and you know that there's a movie or a series about nerds, right? That they're freaking geniuses. They're geniuses, you know. And so, are you are you willing to be stupid? No. You are you able to be stupid? That's a default you have, honey. <laughs> you can't be stupid. Come on. But maybe you could have fun playing stupid. But you know. People say sometimes, and they, Gary Douglas says this, I'm dumb as dirt, you know? And dirt grows things in this on this planet and knows which way the wind blows, you know? And so how much simplicity can we actually have in our lives that will allow us ah, to connect with ourselves and, uh, and have more ease in, in living? Wow. Well, gosh, we're about at time and uh, there's so much more we can talk about here. Um, such such powerful guidance and wisdom that we certainly could just keep talking about. But um, I guess I want to give you a chance now to talk about uh, what, what you want to point everyone to, like the kind of work you're doing. And um, I guess you, you wrote a book recently as well. So uh, yeah, can you tell us a bit about actually uh, dancing, dancing with Riches and uh, what you're hoping to provide people with that? Absolutely. Thank you for that. Yeah, this uh, Dancing with Riches um, book is um, with uh, Schiffer Publishing, and it is um, about inviting people to acknowledge what the wealth, the riches are in their life. You know what I mean? And just what we've, everything we've been talking about, like what are the riches in the way you relate with yourself and the way that you relate with your body. These are the different chapters and in relationships with others. And I give so many examples um, of different things that have um, shown up in my life, different um, relationships, different ways I was, you know, looking at myself and giving them, it's a how-to book and how people can utilize some of the tools. I use the tools of uh, access consciousness in there, which are questions. It's just questions that you can ask yourself and you can discover what is the riches, the richness in your relationship with you, with your body, how to create change in your relationships with money to the fourth chapter in business, which is the fifth chapter and how you can live your life purposefully, right? Not just having one goal and then you reach your goal and what is the game over? No, 
how you can live your life purposefully and, and engage with the riches of your life and acknowledge them. So I'm really um, excited about how this book um, is helping people to step into their lives in a new way and uh, connect with themselves and step up and ignite their magic and, and then step out and allow their magic and their beauty to shine. Yeah. And so I've, you know, the Dancing with Riches book, I do some, been doing workshops on them. And um, this three steps program that I do, there's a different pillar every month. There's a different topic just so that we can, you know, the wheel, the journey called life is continuous and we can all do it on our own, right? But it's nice to be accompanied on that journey and know that there's people and that have your back. So I, I, every day of this program, there's a quote, there's a little video. I have three um, guests come on Zooms three times a month and, um, and people are really stepping up in their lives and seeing, hey, you know what? I would like to do something different. I would like to approach this in a different way. And so, yeah. And, and when I see people acknowledge their genius and acknowledge their greatness, it is the greatest gift for me. Beautiful. Well, I encourage everyone to check out the show notes. We're going to have links to all of that, get deeper into uh, Cass's work. And I just want to say thanks. It was such a such an enriching conversation. And uh, speaking of magic, before we go, uh, is there anything like if you had like, you know, a little magical amulet you wanted to slip into everyone who's listening's pocket uh, before we say goodbye, goodbye, what, what do you want to leave them with uh, as this uh, conversation ends? I love to leave people with... Um... Well, I don't like to leave people, first of all. <laughs> However, <laughs> give you something that you can engage with, which is a question that you can ask every morning when you wake up. Ask God, Allah, Buddha, Shiva, uh, the universe, the angels, the, you know, the light beings, whatever. Ask. Will you show me the magic? Will you allow me to see the magic of me today. And that's step one of my seven steps book, show me the magic. And maybe if you can look out the window, if you have some trees around you, if you don't look up at the sky and how your day moves forward and what shows up and who shows up will be very different. Excellent. Yeah. What a difference it makes when you, when you plant a totally different seed, when you ask a new question, when you set a new uh, trajectory. So I really look forward to uh, how everyone's trajectories change from this conversation and also where, how your uh, trajectory uh, continues to go, Cass. So uh, yeah, I hope to stay in touch and chat some more, but I just want to thank you so much uh, for uh, everything you gave today. Thank you so much. And thank you for the inspiration that your energy is really. It's delightful. Wonderful. I'm glad to hear that. Thanks again.